Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. You know what? I don't know who this is for tonight. I feel the voice of the Holy Spirit right now. You need to forgive yourself. I mentioned that a while ago. Don't be too hard on yourself. You messed up, take responsibility, confess it to the Lord, and move on so you don't keep messing with that same stuff, all right? God has forgiven you. Someone say, I am forgiven. Praise God, yes, you are. That's why you're here tonight. You are believers, and because you're believers, you know you are forgiven. Remember that that bumper sticker, Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven. We know you're not perfect. I I, I get tired of even hearing that. You know, well, I'm not perfect. Oh, yeah, because we assumed you were perfect. You are forgiven. Praise God. Jesus is perfect, but we are forgiven. Any other good news? Seth goes, no, I don't have any more good news. Don't even mess around with it. Last week I did that. I went, oh, sis, she's all. Anybody else good news tonight? Yes, ma'am. Sixteen years here. Wow. Daytime hours, uh huh. Really? B is saying, and I hate to slow you down. I just want them to be able to catch up on the live stream. B is saying she'd been asking she'd been asking God since she left here. She'd worked at the daycare 16 years. She asked God for a job that had daytime hours, right? She didn't want to be a vampire. She didn't want to work all night. She wanted daytime hours and weekends off. And she said God cares about those details. She's starting that particular job that she prayed for on Monday. Keep going, sis. Details. God cares. What you're concerned about, God cares about, and he already knows about it. You know what Scripture says? It says he knows what we're going to ask before we ask him. That's powerful to me. Let's give the Lord a clap offering because God is working in B's life. That is good news. This is, and you know what good news is for me tonight? Is that you have good news. Anybody else? Or I know you always have good news, but people are like, you know, not telling me. Anybody else good news tonight? Say, why, why good news? It's my modern way of saying uh, you have something to give a testimony about. It's, is it cooling off in here, Barry? It's not, it feels not bad here. Is it warm over there? No, you're okay? It doesn't seem to be cooling off, huh? So just so you all know, the air conditioners were doing something weird. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. It doesn't feel bad up here. But, you know, I don't have any hair on my head, so whatever that means. Keep laughing. You're just going to encourage me to continue the bald jokes. Anybody else? Good news tonight. No? Let's get into the Word. Let's go to Acts Chapter 27, we're going to start with verse 5, and I have great news for you. We're about to get through Acts. Uh, There's only 28 chapters, I say only, right? 28 chapters in the book of Acts. So in the next few weeks, I'm sure we will be finishing Acts, and then I will start the book of Romans. You're going to need your seatbelts fastened for that one. It deals with a lot of stuff people don't want to talk about, but that's exciting to me. So keeping to the open sea, remember the Apostle Paul is being transported. He appealed to Caesar. You remember that? 
Can you imagine if you said, no, nah, man, they, they messed you up here. You didn't agree with the cops or something. You didn't feel like you were getting justice. You go, I appeal to the president. Wouldn't that be crazy? This was the emperor of an empire. You could appeal to Caesar in his court, and you could go see him. Um, don't know exactly how that worked. That w- seems like it would be really, really interesting um, to appeal all the way to the emperor. So the apostle Paul, after the Jews wanted to kill him, and the Romans and the governors and the governesses and the other people, they said, well, he, we don't feel like he's done anything worthy of death. He's upset the Jews according to their traditions, but it doesn't even look like he's done what they said he did. And so he appealed to Caesar. And so now he is headed to Rome, but he's being transported. Someone say transported. Um, remember, he was placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain of the Imperial Regiment. All right? So the Roman officer... It gives Paul favor. It said in the previous verses, we began chapter 27 last week. So now they're traveling by ship and quite a tale. All right. Keeping to the open sea, we passed along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, landing at Myra in the province of Lycia. There the commanding officer, right, found an Egyptian ship from Alexandria that was bound for Italy. And he put us on board. Why are they going to Italy? Because Paul appealed to Rome. He appealed to the Caesar, whose residence is in Rome, the capital of Italy. All right? We had several days of slow sailing. Have you ever felt like you've had seasons like that? Anybody? Scripture is good on all levels of meaning. You ever had some (laughs) days of slow sailing? It's like, am I ever going to get there? Enjoy it, because it's going to pick up the pace. Not every season is the same. Someone say, it's not the same. It's not. Enjoy it while you can because the days get, they get faster, they move quicker. And look at this. And after great difficulty, we finally neared Sinaitis. What a name. Is that the original name for Snyder? I don't think so. Sinaitis. <laughs> Crazy. All right. But the wind was against us. There's an old song. Is it from the 70s? It says, Against the Wind. I remember being a kid and I loved to run. Not long distance, but I love sprints, always. And I remember being on the playground, especially out here, and running against the wind, and you felt so much slower. Wind's in your face. You, can't, you can hardly move. Now the wind's at your back. It's a big difference. So the wind was against us, the writer of Acts says, who we believe is Dr. Luke. But the wind was against us. So we sailed across to Crete and what? and along the sheltered coast of the island past the Cape of Salmon. We struggled along the coast. Man, sometimes life feels like that. You have seasons, I'm telling you, there's a lot going on in this ship, in this journey. It reminds me of the journey of life. Sometimes you struggle along. Say, man, what is going on? I know this isn't God's best for me. Man, I've been struggling. I've been going through it. Hang in there. Good times are ahead. God is with you. This is scheduled, I believe, to be the best year of your life if you'll put God first. I believe that. The world is not getting better, but you are getting better, and your life is getting better. Onward and upward. Scripture talks about from faith to faith and glory to glory. So it says, we struggle along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens near the town of Lysaia. We had lost a lot of time. So, you know, it's taking forever. They were going against the wind. They were struggling. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall. And Paul did what? Paul, did I? 
what does that say under Paul? It's and Paul. Oh, spoke to the the way that's set up, I couldn't see it. Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Look at what he said. He said, Men, now this is a man of God. Remember, he, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. He hung out with God a lot. He said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. Uh-oh. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. Why? They probably had deadlines. You familiar with deadlines? Yeah, 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 listen, that's fine, sir. You're a prisoner. We're taking you to Rome. Uh, I got to go. So the ship's captain and the owner, well, they were speaking to the officer in charge going, come on, man, we got to go. We got to get to Rome. They probably had precious cargo they were delivering, and they were going to get paid. There were reasons why they needed to keep going. Okay, so they didn't listen. And since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, sometimes God will speak to you, and you think, that doesn't make sense according to my wisdom. Paul had just spoken. I believe God was trying to speak to everyone through Paul's wisdom there. Since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, it was a poor place to spend the winter. Most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix. How many of you know sometimes God, God's will doesn't look like it makes sense to your wisdom? Sometimes God's best at first you go, Wait, how would that work out? I mean, that's not, I don't know if that's what I've had in mind. Ah, watch out. God always knows best. They say, well, it looks like a poor place to spend the winter, so they didn't listen to Paul. Most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, right? Farther up the coast. That we, there's a 30 in the middle of that, Mika. Can we move that? See that thing right there? Yeah, it's, it's blocking some of the verse sometimes. It's weird. Right now it's over NLT, so that's fine of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure, so it was less exposed. Some harbors were more exposed to winds and uh, currents. When a light wind began blowing from the south, look back up there for me. I'm sorry. You don't? That's giving me a real problem tonight. Okay. What verse is that? That's... what. That's 13. Okay, I'm going to have to read from my Bible here. So when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. Hmm. But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster. They had them a nor'easter over there. Wind blowing out of the northeast, right? They call it's funny that the translators of this called it a, a northeaster. Okay, it's a wind out of the northeast along the east coast. Those still can cause a lot of problems. Harsh, cold, and bitter winds coming out of the northeast. It burst across the island and blew us out to sea. <laughs> Not good, right? The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before. The gale. The gale is what? A gale force wind is super strong. You ever heard, oh man, it's gale force. That is a strong, strong, steady, sustained wind. All right? So they gave up and let it run before the gale. Verse 16, we sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cauda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. That's interesting. So they pulled the lifeboat 
up onto the ship. I don't understand the whole story of that. I don't know why they were pulling the lifeboat that way. It was just the way they were, they were sailing. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull, probably to take some excess weight off the ship. That's why they were pulling the lifeboat behind them. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Syrtis off the African coast, so they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. Are you seeing one thing after another is going wrong now? Are you seeing it? It's struggle. It's, it's interesting. You ever heard this saying, a stitch in time saves nine? Tell me if I'm wrong, ladies, with experience with sewing. But there's a time when you're sewing where you do a stitch so that you don't end up wasting time later when other stitches tear. You put it in the right place, and it adds extra strength, and it was a right decision. Do you see that? It was a right decision. Serving God now is the right decision. You don't want to look back five years from now and go, I should have put God first. I know you're all believers in here, but I know there's a lot of distractions in the world. Social media, oh, man. I'm listening to a podcast today, and I didn't hear all of it. But social media is making people dumber. It really is. In 2014, professors started noticing. They said, why, why are kids in college not wanting certain speakers here? Why are they needing safe spaces? Why are they so easily offended by certain words that professors use? You, you, does that sound familiar? People get offended over one word now. Say, man, oh my gosh, that's just hurt. Well, why? Because the kids who had been raised on social media, they started becoming adults and going to college in 2014. And Man, things started getting crazy. Things started getting crazy. There's a lot of distractions out there. I'm going to tell you right now. You see this story. You say, man, we tried this. We did this. The wind's blowing. They should have made a stitch in time. It would have saved. Had they listened to the wisdom from the man of God, they wouldn't have been in all this problem. All this big mess. I should say problems. So they didn't want to run up on the African coast, right? So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds, here's strong, sustained winds again, continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. You get to a point in life where you go, nothing else is important except for me and my family. Of course, in your relationship with God. But you really get to know what's important when you go through trials. And you know what's crazy to me? Is we as humans, and I'm not just speaking to you, I'm speaking to me. Many times we as humans, we don't appreciate what we have until we don't have it anymore. I'll tell you right now, I am so glad, I'm so glad I always appreciated my mom. I'm so glad because now she's in heaven. I could, I could, I could go to her grave and put flowers out there, but she's not going to smell those. She's smelling the perfect fragrance of heaven right now, but she can't, I can't give gifts to my mom. I can't talk to my mom right now. You can't talk to the dead. She's in heaven. I'm so glad I always made, I made a point of being close with my mom and spending time with her. Everybody has regrets. You know, I'm, I'm one of those, I'm the oldest in my family, and I tend to take responsibility for a lot of stuff, even when I shouldn't take so much responsibility. It's one of my key things. Like, oh, I could have done better with this, or I should have done better with that, or that's on me. Well, you know what? I'm telling you right now, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by, by life and the world. You seek God and put Him first and take care of what's important. Take care of what's important. 
Here's your chance. You get one life to live. You say, man, well, I'm going to go to heaven one day. Well, you're no earthly good once you're in heaven. You can't come down and rescue people. There's no such thing as ghosts. You know, I, what I mean, they're, they're demons. But what I mean is ghosts are not disembodied human spirits. Ooh, I'm haunting this house. No, those are demons. They're not angels, and they're not f- former humans, okay? And another thing, I don't know who this is for tonight. This is free. But when you die, you don't become an angel or a demon. Are you with me? And people say this, and they mean well. and say, man, heaven got another angel. I know what you meant. You know, your dad's in heaven or your brother's in heaven. Well, they went to heaven. They didn't become an angel. We are different from angels. Angels cannot accept the sacrifice of Jesus to be saved. We can. They have choice, but it's different from ours, okay? So you see as all these things are going on, man, they should have listened. But here we are. Someone say, here we are. All we can do is make better decisions now day by day, huh? Because here we are. We're being blown in front of this. The, the gale force is behind us. It's battering the ship. The crew starts throwing the carbo, cargo overboard. Now they say, we just want to live. We just want to survive. Throw stuff overboard. Lighten the ship. All right. What's next? Did it freeze? Mm-hmm. Okay, verse 19. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Wow, it's getting dire. It's getting serious. It's getting real. The terrible storm raged for many days. Can you imagine? I've read stories like this, and this is the Apostle Paul and Luke and some others and and these Roman soldiers and the owner of the ship and the captain. Now there's a storm raging at sea for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Have you ever been there? You say, man, I can't see the sun anymore. I can't see the light. Am I going to make it out of here? Can I get through this? I remember I, I was very, very close to my mom. I, was, I don't think I could ever be considered a mama's boy because I always had my own will. And mom was wise about not wanting me to be a mama's boy. But I was close to my mom. Close to dad too, but I was very close to mom. And I remember when she was winding down and she was sick and she was fading from the cancer. And I remember how hard it was. And I remember, man, she passed away, and I thought, well, when she passed away, I thought, well, maybe I'll do better now because she's in heaven, and I, I don't have to grieve, you know, the loss of her body and, and how she's going downhill and stuff. But, man, I struggled on for another, gosh, it must have been another year and a half after she passed away. And I kept serving God with all my heart. But, man, sometimes I feel like my hope was battered. You ever had your hope attacked in life? You say, man, what do I look forward to? What can I look forward to? But I say before God, man, that God brought me through unmedicated. I'd say unscathed, but man, we, we all get scars from stuff we go through, and I learned all kinds of stuff. How many of you know you learn from losing battles? You don't learn much from winning battles. It's usually the losses that you go, well, we could have done this better. We could have done that. I should have praised God more. I should have... You know, I should have been nicer to so-and-so, or I could have done this, but I should have, whatever. But the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Don't you ever lose hope. Don't you ever lose hope. Worst case scenario, you ready? I'm going to take away all fear out of the building. In Jesus' name, Let, I, I pray that I do. 
Worst case scenario, you're right with God and you die and go to heaven. Then what? What, do you, what on earth do you have to worry about? Say, man, i got to be careful about what I wear. No, in heaven, the, your wardrobe is, is by the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. It's perfect. You're glowing white or whatever. Your, your robes, who knows what kind of robes you have on or what, what you wear. But you ain't got to worry about clothes or food or anything. But why not get a head start on it and be joyful now, be appreciative now, be grateful now? And keep your hope, because without hope, it's hard to have faith, right? Hope says there's a chance. I don't know. It may be a fool's hope. I could win this, man. I, I don't know. I could make it through. I can see a light. Because, and then hope, it, it turns into faith. You go, well, I expect God is going to do something good. Something great's going to happen. And at some point, you get to faith, and you go, no, I know something good is going to happen. Don't lose your hope. These guys are out there in the storm. Man, they were losing their hope. Isn't that crazy, too? All hope was gone. Verse 21, no one had eaten for a long time. You ever grieved and struggled and didn't have an appetite, or is that just me? And I like food. I'm not a foodie, but I devour food. You should have seen the plate my wife put before me after the women's meeting last night. It was huge. It was, I made that thing disappear like a magician. Put it right down my gullet. Man, I ate that thing. It was great. But no one had eaten for a long time. They were depressed. They'd lost hope. Man, you've been through battles before, and you say, man, I don't even feel like eating. Finally, though, Paul called the crew together. Look at the leader this man of God is. He is a prisoner headed to Rome, and he called a meeting of the ship. <laughs> Powerful. He called everyone together and said, men, you should. I love this. He says, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. <laughs> he had to sneak that one in there. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But look how quick he goes on, verse 22. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Should have listened to me. You're going to lose the ship, but you're going to be okay. It may not be fun either, but we're going we're gonna to get through it, man. The ship's going to go down. Verse 23. For last night, look at the man of God. He says, for last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Wow. Hmm. When you obey God, when you win the battle against your flesh, Pastor Angel was talking about it, God sends angels to minister to you. And he said, he's talking about the angel from God, he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. I don't know how, what kind of good news that is. Don't worry, you're going to survive and you're going to go stand before the emperor. Okay. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. That's powerful. It's almost like God saying, well, because of you, Paul, everybody else on the ship is going to be saved. You have a purpose. You're going to go on. Did you know you are a lifeboat? Did you know that? You can shield people around you only, only to a point. But, man, there you are holding back judgment on some people around you. At some point, you do have to turn over some people to God. I understand that. But look at, look at what he said. He says it again. So take courage. Why take courage? For I believe God. I can tell you to be brave because I believe what God has said. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. <laughs> Fascinating prophecy here. Let's keep going. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm. Man, we thought we had it bad. That would have been really stressful. 14 nights on the open sea. And being blown before gale force winds, and there's a storm, a bad storm. 
a northeaster and everything, probably a southwester and all kinds of winds blowing. And it's just a problem. Let me read that again. About midnight, darkest part of the night, on the 14th night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. I don't know how they did that. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, that still sounds spooky, doesn't it? A little later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. Good news and bad news. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors, not one, said, slow this thing down. They threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. You ever had one of those rough nights? You say, man, I'm just praying for the sun to rise. Some of you have had a night of horrors before. You say, man, that was an awful night. I had bad dreams. I was worried. I felt something crazy. Something was off. Man, I'm just praying for daylight, trying to make it through. Verse 30, then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put anchors from the front of the ship. Look at verse 31. I don't completely understand this, but look at what Paul said. Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. How interesting. Well, the logic of it is, well, if you don't have someone to man the ship and help us to get away from the ship, then I guess we won't know what we're doing if they leave, right? So the sailors are trying to abandon ship and leave all the prisoners on there. Like, they're in trouble. They may be condemned to death, but we're not. We're getting out of here. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. They sure listened this time, didn't they? So, uh -uh, we ain't going to die. We didn't listen to you last time, Paul. Just as the day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. Now, the true leader of the ship was not the captain or the owner. It was the man of God, Paul. He said, you have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. <laughs> you ain't, you ain't, you ain't going to lose anything. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it. Good example. See, he led by example. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us who were on board. That was a bunch of people. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. There will be nothing left. They're still trying to save the ship. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to the shore by running what? The ship aground. Man, it's just one thing after another. You, I don't know if you've lost count or keeping count. It's probably 10 plus problems, huh? More than that. One thing after another. This wind. We missed that. Typhoon strength. A gale strength. Oh, we threw anchors. We got blown. We got stuck. We, people are trying to leave the ship. They're not eating. Just all kinds of things. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed toward shore. Now they're allowing themselves to be blown toward the shore so they can run the ship aground. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The water got shallow. The, the bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the what? Of the waves and began to break apart. So imagine the ship, it gets stuck like this, and it's getting battered by the waves, but it's stuck. So how many of you know something has to give? <laughs> Something's going to give way, and you can't fight against the ocean. You, you know, you can't fight against God, but you can't, 
man, you can't even fight against the ocean that he made. So it began to break apart. The soldiers look at their idea. They said, hey, let's kill all the prisoners, right, to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. <laughs> wow. Let's go ahead and kill them. They're all headed to Rome anyway. They're condemned. They're, we know he appealed to Caesar, but let's just kill them. But the, look at this, the favor that God gave Paul. The commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Once again, Paul saved everyone's lives because of the favor he had with God. Isn't that powerful? He didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. Let's stop with verse 43. Um, oh, no, we're almost done with the chapter. Let's go ahead and finish that. Verse 44, the others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship. So everyone, someone say everyone. 276 of everyone. Everyone escaped safely to shore. We are down to the nitty-gritty here. I haven't used that word in years. I think Nacho Libres said it, didn't he? The nitty-gritty. Acts 28, we got one more chapter in this book. All right, any questions tonight about Paul and uh, the, the, the ship journey or anything like that? Wow, talk about all this stuff is going on. So now after all that, the ship, after two weeks of being battered by a storm, fell apart, but everybody was rescued because of the word that Paul spoke and because the centurion, the, the commanding officer, the Roman officer, didn't want to kill Paul, so he had to leave all the prisoners alive. He didn't want to selectively kill anyone, left them all alive. Any questions? Man, sometimes we think we've been through it, right? Let's pray. Wow, what a story. A swashbuckling tale of excitement. Father, we thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for your people who have listened so attentively tonight. I thank you for their faithfulness to you and their love for you. If there's anyone in this house or on the live stream who would say, Pastor Matt, I don't know where I'd go if I died. You've never confessed Jesus as your Savior. Would you raise your hand tonight? I'm going to pray with you. Those on the live stream, I can't see your hand being raised, but we're going to do this prayer so you can pray along. Or those on the audio recording. Everyone repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Cleanse me. Say, I call out to you because I can't save myself. Say, my sins have condemned me. But say this, say, but by the blood of Jesus, I know that I can receive forgiveness. Please forgive me. Take away my sin. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again so that I could be saved. And say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Say, I believe in Jesus' name. Amen.